What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Forbidden Mountain. Today, we are doing something a little fun. I put out a tweet the other day kind of talking about all the content creators and content influencers, or kind of influencers, all of the long list of them all, uh, shouting out what their favorite ink was. So I'm going to have a nice little interview today with my friend here, Lord Kana Dad. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, man. Uh, yesterday was my 13th wedding anniversary with Lorcana Mom, so went out and did some fun stuff, had a spa day, kind of relaxed, and uh, kind of gearing up and getting ready for the next couple weeks of insanity and launch on the 18th of August. Yeah, big true, big true. So for our friends at home, uh, we're going to bring your information up here, and you are Disney Lorcana Dad on Twitter and in Discord. But give us a give the audience a little bit, you know, about who you are and like what your influence on the game is. So I am a Disney dad first and foremost. I have two beautiful little girls uh, that are eight and four, um, and kind of take up most of my time. Uh, but I love every minute of it. Um, and I am also on YouTube and I do Instagram. Um, and like I said, I am very involved in Twitter and on Discord. And my role, I guess so to speak, in the community is I am transitioning from a tabletop game player uh, to TCGs for the very first time. I've never really played TCGs before this, and I found out, like most people at D23 last year, about Lorcana, and I've just kind of been not obsessed, but definitely very, very interested in the game since then, and because of the community that we've built before the game's even launched, I think we're 4,500 strong in Discord now. Um, it's just kind of really kind of brought me into it, and I've learned a lot, and I'm looking forward to learning a lot more as the game goes on. Um, and then as a huge Disney collector and fan myself, um, the art on these cards um, is just really amazing, and I, I've i fallen in love with the game before it's even out, so I can't wait to see what uh, this game does and where it goes from here. Yeah, seriously, the art, uh, they're all remarkable. The Floodborne art in particular is a lot of my favorite because they're like just so original and so creative that it's insane but yeah so what we're gonna do is uh you are part of team steel in this what i'm calling the tfm battle of the inks and your job today is to convince the viewer why they should be a part of team steel all right so we're gonna run through it we're gonna start it up and we're gonna give everybody a chance to to really understand why you are team steel so give me your spiel why are you team steel so for me, like I said, I have never played a TCG before, so there's a lot of a learning curve when it comes to being competitive at TCGs, and I think what drew me to Steel is, one, if you look at the Lorcana page, it tells you that Steel is strong, large, imposing, powerful characters, and they use brute force to get the job done. I like that aspect of it because when I play board games, I like to kind of just focus on myself and like getting through and, and getting the mission done and doing whatever I need to do to win. Um, so that kind of drew me in. But the more you look at Steel, there's a lot of utility in Steel. There's a lot of different aspects of other decks that pop up in Steel um, that you don't really see spread out amongst the other inks. There's card draw, there's, you know, control to a certain extent, and there's a lot of uh, different things that you can pair up with other inks really well um, to make yourself successful. And that's what really drew me to Steel in the first place is that you can mix and match and do a lot of different things with Steel. Yeah, tend to agree. Tend to agree. All right, so that's why we are Steel. We're going to start talking about our favorite things about Steel. So your favorite character in Steel is Tinkerbell Giant Fairy, and I imagine this is a lot of a, a true for a lot of Steel fans, uh, but what, what draws you to the Giant Fairy other than the incredible art? <laughs> so uh, for me, um, I would say that this is 
if not the best, the second best card in the entire first chapter. Um, some people would argue Genie, and there is some merit to that. Um, but for me, this is the most affordable Floodborne character out there. It's inkable. It has pretty decent stats as far as the body goes, two lore and multiple abilities um, that allow you to do different things. Um, looking at the abilities, uh, you do damage when the card comes in, so you get kind of that upfront uh, attack, which is really, really nice. And then uh, the AoE damage um, obviously is really nice part of that. Um, but the other part of it is when you are banishing a character, you can do more damage to somebody else, which um, I know a lot of times you will challenge a character and kind of wipe out your character's stats um, to do that. And, it, you know, trading off cards, uh, but the ability to, to not only focus on one character, but also do damage to another character is really, really good. Um, and then, like I said, you can play this card turn four if you can get the other tank out. Um, and then obviously having the Amethyst Tinkerbell we got this week makes it, you know, gives you a little bit more synergy with the Amethyst ink. Um, and I think, down the road, we'll probably have a Tinkerbell in every ink. Um, she's definitely an iconic character. Uh, but for me, that alone makes it the best card in the deck. And then, you, obviously, the art is just really cool. And it's a really interesting kind of role reversal to see uh, Tinkerbell being that big. Yeah, I agree. Um, and you didn't even mention this, but she also shifts. <laughs> yes. So, obviously, being a shift character. So um, many things. Yeah, she's the cheapest shift character, too, which I think is really good. Um, and then well, I, I think, think now Captain Hook is right, yeah. So, Captain three. Hook, yes, by one, but he's yeah. also not inkable. Um, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, so, well, we're not comparing, we're not, comparing. yeah. So, I, I like that, but um, yeah, looking at the Floodborns, I think right now it's 50 50 between inkable and not inkable, and I think being inkable just gives it that edge. Um, and then not to mention, if you like, you're talking about a hook, if you compare the two, I would still think Tinkerbell was better if it had one lore and Hook had two. But it's the other way around. Tink has two, and she's yeah. inkable, and she's a better card. She's so, insane. yeah, I, it's just, a, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I call her Turbo Tink, and I think, that, okay. you know, it's going to be a play set for, if you can get it. And it's and it's a super rare. It's not even like a legendary card. Legendary. So yeah. People should be able to get their hands on a play set of these. And I think, uh, especially in Steel Decks early on, you're going to see play sets of, of Turbo Tink uh, in almost every single Steel Deck. Yeah, I 100% agree. Card's absolutely phenomenal. No doubt about it. All right. So, what about our favorite item? You have a very interesting choice here in frying pan. So, why do you like frying pan? So, I like frying pan um, because it does give you a little bit of control where you can make sure that another person's character can't challenge on the next turn. So, it protects your other characters a little bit. Um, and honestly, there's not a lot to pick from when it comes to items. Um, I know a lot of people probably would have leaned towards the Musketeer Tabard here. Um, but I don't really, we haven't seen enough bodyguard characters, I think, in other inks to make it really valuable to me because you're losing, you're not only having to have a certain type of character, but it's only when you lose that character that you get the benefit. So to me, that's just kind of an insurance policy more than anything. Whereas the frying pan, you get rid of the card, yes, and that's the one thing that you don't have in Steel right now is item recovery. Um, you only We only have one card that does that, and it's in Sapphire, um, which I, I don't really want to play Sapphire. Um, so you do lose the card, um, but you, you basically get a skip turn for an opponent for one of their cards. So you can choose something that you know is going to run into one of your characters and banish your characters and say, nope, you're not doing it next turn. 
and kind of give yourself a little bit of a lifeline. And then obviously beast's mirror is just not a good card to me. Um, I don't like the fact that you get these cards where you have to like pay and then pay again um, just to get a card. And beast's mirror is so restrictive because you can only use it if you don't have any cards in your hand. Right. And we've already seen a better card that does this in this steel ink, which we'll talk about here in just a minute. Um, the only saving grace I will have for Beast Mirror, which uh, as a collector, which I mentioned in the Hobbies, Hobbies, oh my God, I can't even say it, Hobbies and Happiness podcast, is that I really think um, based off how simple the card art is for this, I want to see on a foil if there's a reflection in the mirror. Um, yeah, I just did, think that'd be such that. a smart thing to do um, and would make the card very, very collectible. But I just don't see it being used in the deck that much. That would that like that concept of a foil would be awesome. Like, I, I hope you are so spot on with that. When when we were on the on there the other night and talking and you said that, I'm like, man, that is so cool. <laughs> I've thought uh, it since I saw the card. I was like, there, there has to be something more here because this is just very simple. <laughs> it's fair fair all right so our um our favorite action and song you can choose the order so the action i think is also again pretty self-explanatory um i like the fact that this this card in particular can reoccur and come back with with the jolly roger captain hook um that early game has seen a lot of play in games that I've played where it's just like, I'm going to fire the cannons and then on my next turn, I'm going to get hook and then I'm going to pull my cannons back out and then I'm going to cannon you again. And then I'm going to play another hook. And it's really good kind of keeping early zoos at bay where you can kind of knock out people's baby mouths or Pascal's or some of the other, you know, like flounder um, can't stand up to the cannons kind of thing. I really like uh, the ability to kind of limit what your opponent can do early um to kind of help build up because that's the one thing about steel is some of the the more heavy cards that do a lot for you are more expensive so you kind of have to weather that tide early on um of your opponents maybe having a zoo or doing some smaller characters and you might find yourself in a hole a little bit early with steel and cards like fire the cannons really help you kind of combat that early on yeah 100 percent agree cards phenomenal and it does everything you want it to do and then the added bonus of getting it back is just all the better Absolutely. Um, and then as far as my song goes, um, we only had two to pick from, and one of them is vastly superior to the other one. They're both five costs. They're both uninkable. So there's, there's really an easy comparison to make there. Um, but the other card is just dealing two damage to opponents. So again, if you have an opponent that's got a lot of like, they have like two or three flounders out or something like that, then yes, grab the sword would be would be a good play there. Uh, but I think Holy World gives you a lot more um, adaptability for a late game situation where if you're playing an opponent that has a heavy card draw and you start running out of cards, which seems to be around this five, six, seven turn mark, you can reset the game essentially um, and get rid of your opponent's hand, get rid of your hand and get seven new cards in your hand and kind of start over with hopefully a decent board state to start with, um, which is, again, the hard part with Steel is building up a board state. Um, so I think that if you get to the point where you can have a good board state and then draw seven new cards, really kind of makes you powerful and, and gives you a boost towards the mid to late stages of the game. Yeah, especially, I would say, the fact that you can literally just tap any of your five cross characters and get it for free reset your hands and then move the turn forward kind of like whenever you feel it's necessary 
Um, card's pretty phenomenal, no doubt. Uh, great choices. <laughs> All right. So for next, we have uh, what's your favorite combinations of cards within the ink so far? So like, what are your setup cards that you're really loving, um, like as your packages for for the like for the ink? So uh, again, I think I really like um, the shiftable tank. You can get her out pretty early. Um, I would I would argue she's probably the quickest floodborne character you can get out on the board. Um, technically, it would be Hook, but again, Hook's not inkable, and his his ability is not as great as as Tinks is. I think she does a lot more dynamic stuff, and she has right. more lore. Um, but I really like the combination of. Uh, playing a bodyguard with a bigger character. Um, so, you know, if you've got a character that maybe doesn't have a lot of, and not necessarily in steel, but in other inks where it might have not as good of a body, but it has a decent ability and you can get it to where you can play, say, Simba or Hercules, um, or not not our Simba in steel, excuse me. Uh, you can play Hercules early on as a bodyguard, I think uh, adds a lot of value. Um, he's only worth, you know, he's only got three, three, so he's probably not going to stick around more than a couple turns. Um, but at least he lets you keep those bigger characters on the board longer. And I think that's what steel really does well is you've got to keep your big bodies churning and keep them moving on the board. Um, cause if people can take them off the board for you, then you're just spending a lot of money to not do or spending a lot of resource, if you will, to not do much. Um, but I really, I really like the, the shifting Tinkerbell, the captain hook early, uh, forceful duelist uh, gets you that extra challenger ability, which is nice. Kristoff um, early on, he's worth two lore, is really good. And then some of my later game moves that I really like are uh, if you can play Whole New World and then drop Gantu right afterwards, um, you know, you're going to have a whole deck of cards and be able to play Gantu um, and go from there. Uh, and then one of the other, which we can talk about in a minute, but my card combination ink colors that i like is ruby and steel um i like the idea of doing a board wipe and then following it up with gansu just because not only did you just clear the board but you've put down a character that your other opponent cannot just play a bunch of cheap cards um, to build up their board state again and they're gonna have to spend lore or spend ink on uh you know, bigger bodies and more expensive cards uh, to try to catch up to you, which I think is where Steel would then turn and get an advantage where our bigger cards are, are more powerful than a lot of the other inks. So, um, yeah, and then Ruby, I think the one thing that uh, Steel necessarily doesn't do great is everything's attackable. Um, you do have Bodyguard, but you, there's really not a whole lot of evasive, and Ruby gives you that. Ruby gives you a lot of evasive. Um, and then one of the other things that I've mentioned before, but when you play Steel, sometimes you end up early in a hole um, because you're kind of prepping for late game. Um, the Ruby characters, there's a couple, Rapunzel and Outlaw Aladdin. They allow you Steel lore, which kind of brings it back down and helps you kind of push to make that final climb to 20. And I think that um, they work really, really, really well together. And I think... Like I said early on, steel for me is all about utility. And I think that for that reason, you can use it with pretty much any ink. Um, I haven't seen, I played it with every ink combination and I haven't really seen anything where I'm like, Ooh, that's, right. that's not great. <laughs> yeah. um, but because it's so utility driven in my mind, it, you can plug it into anything. Um, but I really do like it with Ruby. Um, Amethyst would probably be my second choice just because of the card draw. Um, and getting some of those bigger bodies out early um, card draw is really important for that. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Ruby and steel. Yeah. I mean, 
that was a lot of great information for anyone listening on great things to do with all your steel cards. Uh, I think the one thing I have for you is, uh, how do you feel about the, your late game? You know, like your sixes, your sevens and eights, so your crunks, your Mauis, uh, and the Zimba that you, you did reference, uh, accidentally in a way. <laughs> yeah. So for me, late game starting in like the six, seven, eight. So obviously you've got Musketeer Mickey, um, with the bodyguard, he's got a big butt. So, you know, there's a lot of other, um, opportunity to protect other characters there. Kronk, obviously, uh, pretty powerful um he's a six six so uh you know that's always nice to see um maui again is an eight eight with three lore so if you can get maui out and then put a bodyguard mickey in front of him um you can basically just keep chugging with maui and there's not really much that's going to stop him Um, yeah he's he's a big boy um gantu i i didn't really like him at first um but you know if you can get him out mid game um, where you've got a lot of characters for your opponent that are are on the lower end of the spectrum, where maybe you let them kind of stick around for a little bit, um, they become basically worthless, um, and you can just smash them all you want. Um, and then, you know, Simba, he's evasive. He's got plus four challenger, so he can take out some of your bigger threats. Um, but again, pretty expensive on the seven. Um but and that's the thing too. I haven't seen. I think Ruby's the only one we've seen a nine in. Maybe one other ink. Yeah. No, um, just Ruby so far. So I'm wondering, are we going to get a nine in steel? Um, if so, I mean, it's going to have to be pretty powerful, considering the the Gantu at an eight is already a six six with two lore. I would imagine that anything more expensive than that's going to have really beefy stats. Right. Um, and just yeah, be kind of I am wondering if we'll get dagger. like the nine drop nine nine with four lore or something like that, just to like complete the whole six, seven, eight, nine package. <laughs> yeah, and I'm wondering if that's gonna be the Lilo. So the space <laughs> Lilo, if that's the nine, um that would be kind of crazy. Um yeah, it's such a small character, but as we've yeah, seen yeah, with Cortana, yeah. that doesn't really matter. Um, maybe yeah, who knows? Just to be fun, be, why not? It'll be fun, but I do hope and we still have quite a few steel cards to go. Um, and then obviously. Um, from what we've seen, there are two legendaries per ink, so we should theoretically have one more legendary. Um, and looking at Ruby, you've got obviously that nine is is a legendary, so I would suspect, do the math, that probably the legendary card is going to be the nine drop for steel. Um, and whether that's Lila or something else, um, yet to be seen, but uh, hopefully this week during Lorcana week, we can get some information if not. We'll know everything in a few weeks during Gen Con and, and very true. a couple weeks later, be able to play the game. Very true. Very true. All right. So our last thing that we're going to do is I'm going to give you the opportunity to take the floor and convince the community why they absolutely need to be on Team Steel. Take the floor, sir. So I think, like I've said, Team Steel is all about utility. You can do pretty much anything with Steel and it pairs well with almost every single other ink color. And if you're like me, where you're learning the TCG for the first time, this is a good set of cards to kind of get your feet wet and learn. They're not overly complicated. There's not a lot of uh, designated lanes for combos that you need to learn to be able to be successful. You can just kind of have fun with it and plug it in with any other ink. So that's why I think Steel is the best ink, especially for new players. I like it. I love it. Want some more of it? I had to finish it, right? <laughs> Tim McGraw. Uh, 
<laughs> exactly. That is, uh, that's great. You know, I think Steel is a wonderful, wonderful ink in the game. It, it it has some of the most powerful cards, as you've already mentioned over and over again. And we didn't even touch the barrier of like everything it probably has to offer. Uh, but there's so much that it gives to the game, and like you said, it really does feel like it can pair with everything. And I think that's my favorite part about this ink in general is. It just has this package that goes with this and that package that goes with that. And I think that's really exciting. And that's what I personally have loved about Steel throughout it, for sure. Yeah, but, it is definitely the the potato of Lorcana. It just You can put it in any dish and it works just fine. I love it. I love that reference. It's great. I don't know if I would call the the, the Steel potato, but I, I do like it. <laughs> I mean, Gontu kind of looks like a potato, so that, you know, <laughs> that works too very true well thank you so very much for joining me today it was very nice to finally having a bit of a one-on-one -on -one chat with you outside of the uh the text box and discord or twitter or anything like that so it's really nice to to get some face time with you awesome i really appreciate it dan thanks so much for all you guys do and uh look forward to hopefully seeing you guys in miami um and seeing you guys on webcam at some point playing games with each other uh right. you're not very, very so you, you won't be at gen con right no, I so I had a wedding that I was going to go to, and then the wedding got canceled. But by the oh. time we found out it got canceled, I couldn't really get plane tickets, and I couldn't get a hotel, and couldn't get off work. So, but I will right. be in Miami, and then I do plan on being at D twenty three next year in September as well. Okay. And then once again, make sure uh, everyone knows where to find you at Lorcana Dad, right? Pretty much at Lorcana Dad everywhere. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. Um, I'm in Discord as at Lorcana Dad. Um, there is a at Lorcana Daddy on Instagram, and I did reach out to him and ask him, "Hey man, what's going on here?" And haven't heard back I yet. This. I saw um, this in Discord. It made me chuckle. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that it's somebody. <laughs> I thought it was B Squared trolling me at first, but he swears it's not him. So. Um, because he does call me daddy, which is, it's only weird if you make it weird, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cool. But yeah, I, I haven't heard back from them and they don't have any posts, so I don't know what their goal is, but uh, I just thought Sweet. it was kind of funny that there's all kind of daddy I out definitely there. Left. Yeah, I did too, but we'll oh. see. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, you can find me at Lorcana Dad pretty much everywhere else. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for enjoying this. Hopefully, Lorcana Dad has convinced you to join Team Steel. If you made it this far, this was a fun video. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe. And of course, as always, follow at Lorcana Dad everywhere you can. Thank you guys for this awesome video, and we'll see you in the next one.